Thank you for joining us today for Wandering in the Word, where we read and discuss the upcoming week's lectionary texts at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Wandering in the Word. Do you guys remember how these go? We used to no. do these back it's in the day, right? It's been a few weeks. I think uh, November, maybe, before Advent, mm-hmm. we, we used to do these. But really, it's just our weekly podcast going through the scripture for the coming Sunday. And um, this coming Sunday, we're observing Epiphany, which is one of the great festivals in the liturgical calendar. And so the Epiphany story is one I'm sure most people have heard. Yes. I think so. Yeah. But we usually put it in with Christmas. Well, yeah, we just kind of mm. meld them all together, um, which but. is also okay. But it's nice to separate them out and kind of give the give the wise men their sort of due time yeah. and attention. Yeah. And this is our first wandering in the word of 2023. Right. Well, happy mm. New Year, everybody. Yes, indeed. We're, we're back at it. So should we get started? Might as well. Okay. Well, um, Melissa, do you want to start us off? Yes, I would. We are reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east, uh, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to be shepherd who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out and there ahead of him went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, oh Christ. Christ. Keep going. I'm just going to turn right. this refrigerator <laughs> on. I think over, you know, over a couple thousand years, the church has really built up a ton of tradition mm-hmm. around this story. We've added a lot of imagery. Um, some of it is based right on the words in scripture. Some of it not like at all. And so it's always kind of interesting to look carefully at what does this passage actually say and what does it not say about the wise men and their sort of their search for the the new king yeah they have names that i well, cannot not here not in the scripture story though yeah, but like, one like tr- balthazar yeah. melchior Gasper? yeah sheesh 
Look at that. It was another podcast I listened to that. Oh. Not by but... Wait, you're cheating on us with another podcast? Uh, many, oh. many, oh, many, many podcasts. <laughs> well, yes. just the idea that there were three, mm-hmm. um, three men. I mean, we don't, we don't know. It just doesn't says, actually just say that. No. Plural. It's plural. Plural people. There's mm-hmm. three gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, in tradition, like the the we three kings of Orient are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't quite know if that's just because of the gifts they brought were so so kind of like kingly and wealthy mm-hmm. that that tradition started, or if it was just kind of like a Middle Ages thing and they couldn't imagine <laughs> anything else except for a king doing something. Um, hmm. Well, you know that they're they are people who are watching the skies. They're like astrologers. Yeah. And kind of like astrology today i mean there's some and especially back in these days the kind of the science and superstition and magic are all kind of um mixed up i think in that sort of particular field if you want to call it that um so maybe that kind of contributes to the ambiguity of just who these individuals were yeah but i mean i think the interesting part though is that this is like outside of Jerusalem. This yeah. is outside of kind of the biblical story, so to speak. They're from a from the east, from like the far corners of the world. Yeah, now have the, recognized. This is like the you know kind of like the hinterlands. This is like we, we know a little bit, but we don't really know much about folks from over there. But um, this birth of Jesus is such a big deal that it is it ripples out, and mm-hmm. um, uh, the star is seen, and so. And that maybe God placed the star so that people outside of the people of Israel and outside of that geographical region would also be alerted like, hey, the savior of the world has been yeah. born. Like, this is a big thing, and it's it's for you. It's not just for, you know, the people who are in the vicinity, in the neighborhood. As it yeah, were. and so these folks from, like, the the outside world came and where do, where do you go to, to find information well you, you go to the king the palace you go to the palace yeah. and so they went to king herod and said hey there's a star and you know we think it means there's a savior where is he and he and the king doesn't know <laughs> well when he goes to see a new king and usually like the new king would be maybe like the son of the current king yeah so yeah. if you go to a new king and be like well there's someone's going to take your place well of course they're going to freak out and be mm-hmm. like what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, in verse 3 it says, you know, King Herod heard this, he was frightened. Yeah. Um, which uh, his fear goes so far that just a few late verses after this, he we have the slaughter of the innocents. The, um, he's so scared that this new child will usurp him and mm-hmm. take away his power that he, he slaughters all two-year-old um, boys and younger just to be safe, to protect yeah. himself. That's how frightened he was. Um, not a good dude. Yeah, that's quite a motivator um, t- to eliminate the competition when yeah. they are mere infants and toddlers. Yeah, so, to cause such pain and agony for like all of your people just so that you can stay safe is like mm-hmm. mind-boggling. Um, I mean, it's nothing new. We still kind of face some of that, um, you know, people in power and things. But uh, yeah, so the wise guys show up and... This is probably not within like the first couple of days of Jesus being born. <laughs> not a newborn anymore. Um, <clears throat> not I mean, in a manger. Not in a manger. It's we don't really know the exact timeline of this, other than two years or younger. So, you know, Jesus, is Jesus toddling around at this point? Do you think? Maybe. Because uh... you think you know these um, sages or magi coming from the east are traveling a long distance, so they have to see this star, discern mm-hmm. its meaning. 
pack their bags and plan a journey and then undertake the journey. So by the time they get to Bethlehem, why why is Mary still hanging out in Bethlehem after the right. census? Yeah, that's Who interesting. Knows? Maybe they really enjoyed the people <laughs> they were staying with or something. So then uh, the wise men come to this house um, where Mary is with the child and they they worship. Yeah, they kneel down and give him these very wonderful gifts. Mm. Which makes me wonder, like, what did what did they do with these gifts? Guess we got to haul this super heavy gold back to Nazareth. <laughs> Which, I mean, if it's gold, I mean, I would be like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> um, it. I wonder what Mary and Joseph did with that. Like, that would have been a game changer for, I mean, like, not like having a baby isn't a game changer yeah. already. <laughs> or, you know, giving birth to uh, an immaculate consumption and having a baby. But, like. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh are rich things um, that probably changed the courses. Maybe gave Jesus a bit of a, a more easier upbringing than he would have had. Oh, that could be. I don't know. Yeah, I wish we knew a little more about Jesus' childhood, but mm-hmm. we, we really don't. don't. We get we nothing get much. Because like the next chapter, he's getting like baptized, and you know, I think there's a little story what of him as a like teenager. When he's 12. He'd made some pilgrimage to yeah. back to Jerusalem. But, um, yeah, this is just a very sort of, um, I don't know, a familiar a familiar story, but it's so familiar that we maybe don't give it as much sort of detailed attention. So I, I, I've enjoyed reading this a little more closely. It is kind of interesting to, to sit down and read it. So mm-hmm. I think that that, that idea of, um, you know, this thing of Jesus, this birth of, of the Savior being for more than just Israel, mm-hmm. plays out a little bit, at least in our next reading. Oh, <laughs> Look okay. at that segue. Oh. Well, then I guess we're moving uh, on. Let's, let's move on to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places." This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Well, wowzers. This is very radical. It is a little radical and a little confusing at times, I feel like. Well, that's true. But that's par for the course with Paul sometimes. But, um, so yes, uh... I, I saw the connection in here with with this, you know, the 
our, our wise men in verse, where did it go? Verse six, mm-hmm. the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Um, yeah, the birth of Jesus was not just a, not just a local event. It was a cosmic, cosmic event, you could say. Um, uh, and in verse nine, it kind of goes on to say that too, that, um, you know, it's hidden for all ages in God who created all things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a little baby with, yeah, cosmic ramifications of his birth. So and You just think, like, I mean, it's not radical to us anymore that you don't have to be Jewish to be part of, you know, the, the family of God and the body of Christ. But since Abraham, really, um, the Israelites and the Jewish people had been told, like, you are God's people, you are God's chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um and so for Paul, who, who comes from that tradition and that sort of family, to say, well, now I've been commissioned to share this outside of our, our family, outside of our people, um, made him like not a very popular guy with some other folks who were like, no, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. why should we let them in? <clears throat> um, but God already had. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was the big argument in, in a lot of the New Testament letters was Paul versus a lot of other folks with that same Peter. argument. like. <laughs> Yeah, Peter in particular, like, is the gospel just for Jewish people or is it for everybody? And then part B is if you want to be Christian, do you have to be Jewish first? Yeah. And for guys, that meant circumcision and following all of the laws and accepting Jesus. Or could you be a Gentile and follow Jesus? And Paul, again and again, in the midst of all a bunch of other things that, you know, he kind of sometimes gets and stumbles over himself with. He was mm-hmm. strong in that point, was mm-hmm. that, no, this gospel is for everyone. Um, that, yeah, that we, we take for granted now, I think, yeah, that. Definitely. But it was, it was not a settled issue 2,000 years ago. Well, and I think the pendulum then swung the other way, too. In the Middle Ages, the church taught that, um, not that Christians were sort of grafted into the tree, which is one of Paul's images, um, but that uh, the Jewish people who had had God's promise and favor for so long had now lost that. Yeah. They had been mm-hmm. cast out and no longer were at all even part of, um, you know, what is now the, the people of God. And and so I guess there's two ditches that you can fall into and, mm-hmm. and how can we sort of hold hold God's vision for, you know, all people. Yeah. Well, it, it is kind of human nature, though, to, to like... to take that gospel good news and just keep trying to shrink it yeah. to like a, a select group. and So that we um, can control it a so little bit. So we can control it, so we know who's in and out, we can right. point fingers better. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's, it does seem to just happen again and again in all kinds of areas. We want to know mm-hmm. who's right and wrong, who's pure, who's not. Who who's, we can exclude. Who can we exclude, who's a yeah. sinner, who's not. Um, you know, and... I like the language in here, even though it doesn't always make sense, but that the mystery language that yeah. Paul uses, it's kind of freeing a little mm. bit. I mean, yes, Christ has been revealed to us, but there's still like it's a, a mystery. Yeah. And not like a mystery to be solved, like right. we got to hunt through and find these secret clues, but like a mystery that just is mm-hmm. a holy and divine mystery because yeah. our brains are not quite uh, equipped to, to completely understand the divinity of Yes. God and Christ. I think we sometimes have this tendency, you know, to think that our faith and the Bible and uh, Christianity is like, I'll just say, an escape room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
you he's know, done an escape room. I did an escape room over Christmas break. I just can't wait. Oh, I didn't think I'd get to, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, it kind of is. You know, like if we can just get all the right puzzles mm-hmm. and we piece together the right story from Revelation with Daniel, mm-hmm. yeah. we'll know when Jesus is coming back. And you know, like mm-hmm. it's just if we just get the cipher right and we find all of the clues that were sprinkled in Scripture that nobody else can get but a certain group of people, then we'll have it all right. And that's just. I don't. I don't think that's what, Christ, what faith is. <laughs> no, I think the church rejected that as as the Gnostic heresy that there's something you had to know, and not really. God knows you. That's what matters, and uh, we 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 do our best to love God by understanding as much as we can. But we just got to let some of that go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like I, I was kind of laughing a little bit. Um, in verse 9, Paul says, to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. It's like, you'll see the plan, but, you know, it's, it's a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in that line, it's like, yeah, okay, that, like, we get the, this gospel message that God is for us and that, you know, through Christ we have hope. And we don't always quite really know how that works. I mean, we try to try to and we try to make sense of it, but in the end... It's in God's hands, not ours. And that's kind of, that is the good news. <laughs> it is, thank goodness. Oh, man, yeah. It is not for us to figure out. Because in that escape room, I'll be honest, I really wasn't very good. <laughs> I was having fun, like, playing with all the things in there, but I wasn't getting very far. It was a lot of mystery. It's, it's a lot of teamwork. It was a lot of teamwork. But we did get out. I won't say that. Congratulations. But, um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, well, any uh, closing thoughts here on our readings for Epiphany? No, I don't think so. Got it all figured out? No, it's a mystery. Solved all the mysteries? Okay. Well, my sermon will be a mystery Mm -hmm. as well. So, at least it is for right now. But, uh, (laughs) well, great. Well, um, thank you, everyone, for joining us today for our uh, Wandering in the Word for Sunday, January 8th, 2023. We're glad you could join us, and we look forward to joining you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for another Wandering in the Word podcast here at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. 